Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Give praise to the Lord right now. Why don't we just thank God for everything he's done? Why don't we just tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for everything. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Zeke. Exodus chapter 31. I know that Josiah is dying for me. Let Savannah sing. Savannah, I'm going to let you sing tomorrow night. And, and that's just so you'll come back. Because you might not enjoy me preaching, but you'll enjoy her singing. I know that. So, <clears throat> so we're going we're gonna to get together and let you sing tomorrow. Is that all right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we got enough songs that you can sing every night after tonight. We don't have enough. If you, if you start tonight, we're going to run out. <laughs> we'll run out. Exodus 31 and 18, you got it? And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tables of testimony. Tables of stone written with the finger of God. Verse 32. Verse 15. Moses turned and went down from the mount. The two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides. The one side and on the other were they written tables were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the, it, it, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. Let's go to 34 in verse 1. I'm just going to jump around and read a few scriptures. Okay. And the Lord said unto Moses, verse, chapter 34 and verse 1, You thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I'll write upon these tables the words that were on the first tables which thou breakest. And be ready in the morning and come up in, in the morning into Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. He said, come by yourself. No man shall come with you. Verse 4 says, And he you two tables of stone like to the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up to the Mount Sinai. And the Lord as the Lord had commanded him, and he took in his hand the two tables of stone. One more passage. I want to read it. Exodus 25 and verse 16. 
then I'll let you sit down and you can just relax for a little while and see what happens. Exodus 25 and 16. Thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. Thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee, and thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. I want you to make two cherubims of gold of beaten work. Shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. And the Lord tells Moses to take the testimony, to take the commandments that I give you, and I want you to put them into the ark. And I want you to cover it with the mercy seat. But I begin to wonder about it. I begin to think about <clears throat> this little story that I've read you bits and pieces of. And I, I begin to, to, to question, and that question will be my title tonight. I begin to question what happened to the broken. What happened to the pieces that were broken? What happened to those pieces that Moses threw down and they shattered? Whatever happened to them? So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. What, what happened to the broken? I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I believe God has spoken to me today and I believe God's going to speak to you. Why don't you just throw up your hands and close your eyes and say, God, open my heart to hear your word, whatever it may be. Whatever you might speak to us, God, open our minds. in and let us hear the very voice of heaven. Tonight, God, let your spirit begin to move, and I pray that your power would come into this place and speak to us. Open our minds and our hearts in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Shake your neighbor's hand as you're seated. Ask him what happened to the broken. What happened to the broken. You may be seated. Thank you. could not imagine the strain and the stress that Moses was under. With the freedom and liberty of over a million people resting on his shoulders, with the fate of a nation resting solely in the hands of one man and his stick or his staff, I cannot fault Moses for his words at the burning bush. I can't fault him for his reservations there. When he looks at a bush that is not consumed, although it is burning, and he hears the voice of coming from it that says, Go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses says, God, you've got the wrong guy. I can't blame him for that. I can't blame him for when the Lord says, go there to the king of the mightiest nation in the land and just tell him to let my people go. And, and Moses says, Lord, I, 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 I don't think I can do that. There's a good chance Moses didn't have a stuttering problem before this, but when God starts telling you to go deliver a whole nation, it's pretty pretty good time to start stuttering. Everybody all right? Okay. 
uh, Lord, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm able to do that. God, I don't really think. I don't really think I can do it. Did you notice his response? Lord, they won't listen to me. You're all right. <laughs> Nobody will listen to me. You, you understand that we still use that same excuse today when the Spirit urges us to witness to somebody and we say, God, they won't listen. How do you know they won't listen until you talk to them? How do you know they won't listen until you begin to speak to them? Well, God, I know you told me to just talk to them, but they're not going to listen to me. You don't know that. Moses didn't know the audience he was about ready to have before him and Pharaoh. And then he says, God, I've got a stuttering problem. I've got a speech issue. Is that true, Moses? I haven't noticed. Lord, there's no way I can do it. I'm going to tell you, I do not fault Moses for, for just having some reservations about this because this is a big undertaking. This is a big deal. This is not just a, just go get a few people out of Canaan. This is a whole nation that is in bondage for 400 years. So, so I don't fault him for saying I can't do it. But finally he does. Finally he goes. And he quickly finds out that after the plagues and after the people are let go, and after all that, that the exodus was just the beginning of what God wanted them to do. God didn't tell them that was the easy part. Oh, I feel all right tonight. Now, now Moses, that you've delivered them, now that you've helped me get them out, now you've got to feed and clothe them. Now you've got to take them from here and get them to the promised land. You know, maybe I shouldn't. I, I, ladies, you, 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 you know that, and I, I was there, so I don't know the full extent, but birthing the child is the easy part. Once you've got to raise them for 18 years and deal with them for the rest of your life. No, it's painful, but Moses, the easy part's getting them out of Egypt, and now you've got to deal with the stress of saving a million or so people. Now you've got to deal with the stress of, of taking them through the wilderness. Lord, I delivered them, Moses. Now you take them to the promised land. And let me just tell you the route you're going to take. You're going to go right through the desert. What about water? I'll take care of that. Are you sure? Just, just walk, Moses. You, but, but isn't it just like God to convince us to start something, but he never tells us how it's going to end, and he never gives us the instruction in the middle? Isn't it just like God to say, come on, his spirit starts urging us, come on, do it. You can do it. You can do it. I know you can do it. Come on, do it. So then when we start walking, he doesn't tell us all the stuff that's going to happen after we've already said we would do it. It's like God gets a little sneaky and says, I know if I tell them everything that's going to go on, they won't ever move. If I tell them all the trouble they're going to have after they start walking, they won't start walking. You know, it, it's just human nature. I know that when I started evangelizing, I was excited, brother. I was excited. I'm going to do this. But God didn't tell me all the stuff that was going to happen between then and now. Or I would have said, you're crazy, God. I'm going to stay in Gypsy, West Virginia, and I'm not leaving. And I'm going to sit around here and play basketball with barefooted kids because that's easier than what you told me. 
I thought it was going to be a luxurious evening, but I didn't plan on wrecking a camper in I-64, and I didn't plan on being homeless, and I didn't plan on having the truck go out and being stranded, and I didn't plan on tires falling off in the middle of um, nowhere, Oklahoma. And if I, if God would have said all this was going to happen, I would have said, there's no way I can do this, God. There's no way I can make it. But I found out something about God. Once he gets us to that point, when we don't think we can make it, he said, I told you, you got this far. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And when we fall, he picks us up and says, come on, I told you, you can do it. Because God believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. God puts more faith in us than we put in us. And God said, I just believe in you, Moses. I just believe you can get them through. I just believe you can do it. I just believe you can do it. I just believe you can do it. We would never reach out. We would never leave the comfort of our own home. We would never leave our safety zone if God told us everything. But God doesn't give us the whole plan. God just says, get in the ship. God just says, get in the ship. He doesn't tell us all of the details. And when the tests come and when the hurts come and when the pains come and they will come that we didn't plan for, then we, we begin to find ourselves being faithless and not believing that God can bring us through it. But I'm telling somebody tonight that if God got you started, he's able to get you through it. If God has got you there, and, and sometimes God has to take us like a child, like a father takes the child, and he's got to hold us, and he's got to pick us up and dust us off, and he has to hold us for a while while we cry. But then he says, get back on the bike. We're going to keep going. I, I, I'm going to help you make it. Moses, he's in one of those positions. He's in one of those positions where God is counting on him to do some great things. So Moses goes away into the mountain with God. He goes away and he leaves the people that he's just delivered because he thought that was the end, but that was just the beginning. Now when he gets in the presence of God, he has an experience with God. And he watches, apparently he watches, as the very hand of God use out two tables of stone in the mount. I don't know if he karate chopped them. That same hand that dipped into the dust pulled out a lump of clay and formed Adam. Moses watches that same hand cut out two tables of stone, the Bible says, and he watches those same fingers that form the arms and legs of mankind. He watches them begin to write in that stone. It was written by the finger of God, thou shalt not. Thou shalt. Ten commandments for man to live by. Ten. It was only ten things. That's all that it was to bring a fullness of relationship between God and man. It was written by the hand of God. And before their time on that mountain is through, the Lord says, Moses, I'm sorry to cut this short, but you better get down there and take care of those people. I'm going to wipe them off from the face of the earth and start over with you. Go down and see the wickedness and the evil that they have done. And as he descends, he's hearing the noise and his fury is growing. 
as he begins to hear the sound of the revelry. His eyes are full of rage. When he sees the golden calf that they have made and now they are so demonically charged in the worship that they are dancing before this false god committing immorality and idolatry. They are worshiping them. And when Moses sees it, the Bible says that he cast down those tables of stone. That's what the Bible says. I've got a makeshift table here. Come on, table of stone. The Bible says that when Moses cast down, he said, let's break And then the Bible says that Moses looks over at the crowd. Apparently, there were some that were not, that were not, that were not involved, and he says, Who is on the Lord's side? Let them come unto me. And that day the Levites, they forever etch their, their name in history. And they grab a sword and 5,000 dissenters die that day. And the streets run with blood because they have killed them. And amidst this blood and this cursed day, amidst all the chaos and the upbraiding, I cannot help but wonder when it was all said and done, what happened to the broken pieces? I cannot help but contemplate if later that evening after the dust had settled and after Moses had sent them back to their tents after Moses had put everybody back and said this is all cleared out I wonder I wonder if Moses went back to those broken pieces and began to dig into the blood soaked sand to find each one of them I wonder if he gathered up the fragments and he took them back to his tent. And like a puzzle, he started trying to put them back together. God, I wonder, I wonder if he frantically, oh, there's more, there's some. And he runs back and he digs more in the blood-soaked sand. And he's trying to put, I wonder, I just wonder. I cannot help but wonder if he came back to that tent. And with tear-filled eyes, with a spirit of regret, said, God, I'm sorry, but if I find all the pieces, could you put this back together for me? I wonder if he found himself searching through the fragments, hoping maybe if I could find all the pieces, God, if I could put them together just right. I know there's some cracks, Lord, but could you just weld it back together? Just put it. I know I made a mistake, and I know I messed up, and I know that everything was my fault, God, but you saw what they were doing. Just give me an opportunity to put the pieces back together. Maybe some way there's a way to fix what is broken. I want to tell you I've never held tables of stone in my hand that were made by the hand of God. I've never even held the pieces of it. But somehow, some way, I feel like I can relate to Moses. For I've sat in the darkness of my home and in my room after the dust had settled and I've dug through the pieces of my shattered and broken day hoping that there was a way or wondering how I could put the broken pieces back together again. Praying and hoping that if I could just find all the pieces and put it together just right, that I could fix what I had broken earlier that day. And as much as I try, I just want to tell you the pieces don't always seem to come together the way they used to be. 
As much as I try, the pieces, they don't always mesh together as well as they did when God had it all together. But it's in these moments when the voice of God is heard and he speaks to Moses and he says, Moses, you will never put those pieces back together again. But if you will, you out a table of stone and if you will bring it to me by yourself then I will write a new commandment on them I will do it again if you'll bring me some fresh tables if you'll bring me a clean slate I will work with it I will write again on the tables I'm telling somebody, I don't know what yesterday has brought you to, but if you could bring them a clean slate tonight, if you could bring them some fresh tables, God will ride again on your heart. And God did just that. He brought them the tables. That's good stuff, in. That's real good stuff. He brought them the table. The Bible says he wrote on the front. And he wrote on the back, the Ten Commandments. I didn't do this. Savannah did it. He wrote again on the tables. I thought, man, that's good. God gave him a new, uh, new commandments. And God let him get a new table. And God wrote it again. I said, I'm write it again for you, Moses. I'll, I'll write it down for you again. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. But, but in all of that, as well and good as it is, I still wonder what happened to the broken pieces. You've got to understand, that was hewn out by the hand of God. It was broken, but it was still hewed out by the hand of God. It was broken, but it was still written on with the finger of God. I know that God wants me to bring a fresh and a clean slate. And I know that the mercies of God are renewed every day. And I understand that each day is a fresh start to do what I failed to do yesterday. And to get right what I got wrong today. I just wonder what happened to all the broken pieces of all the days in my life that have been shattered and that I didn't get right. Sometimes I question, what did God do with all of the shattered dreams that I left laying by the wayside of my life and left laying in the sands of yesterday? Where did all those broken pieces go? They have to be somewhere. They have to be somewhere. All of those days that I thought would work out, but they ended broken, they had to go somewhere. All of those dreams that I had that I thought were going to work out, but it didn't, and they were broken, they had to go somewhere. All of the things that I sought for and I never made it, they had to go somewhere. All of the times I thought I had it right, but I didn't get it right and it was broken, those days had to go somewhere. They had to go somewhere. They have to still be around because I keep tripping over them all the time. Somewhere because because I can't seem to move on without getting get, getting the brokenness of my life in my way. I, I feel like uh, I feel too shattered sometimes to move forward, and so I know the pieces are somewhere. I know they're somewhere. I know they have to be somewhere because the adversary is constantly reminding me of all the things I failed to do and all the areas that I, that I failed to get right and all the things that I broke. He's always reminding me of the tables I've thrown down. He's always reminding me of the faults of yesterday. But I just want to know where the pieces are. I want you to realize that these tables of stone, they represent more 
than just literal stone. As the stone was cut out with the hand of God, Adam was pulled out with the hand of God. And as the stone was written on with the finger of God, Adam was formed with the fingers of God. And as the stone was dropped and the pieces were broken, Adam fell from grace and that man was broken. Ten commandments in the stone that was broken speaks to us of the frailty of man and a man's inability to keep the commandments. A man's inability to remain whole in himself. It speaks to us of our failures and our faults and our falling. That as much as we might try to do it on our own, we will fall. And we will be broken. As much as you try to hide from reality, as much as you try to hide, you will be broken. It reminds us that we are temporary and that our fragile hearts can be shattered in an instant. The first Adam is the broken commandments. The first Adam is the commandments that were shattered. But thanks be to God that there was another set of commandments that was made. Thanks be to God that there was another Adam, the second Adam, that came down from heaven. And in him was the fullness that the God had displayed bodily. And he kept his own commandments. And he kept his own statutes. And he fulfilled his own law. And he is that second set. He's that second set of commandments that was never broken. But you understand the word of God says that they took that second set of commandments... And they put it in the ark. But what did they do with the pieces? Because I don't know about you. Something that's of such value is still valuable even though it's broken. Something that God pulled out with his own hand and wrote on is valuable even if it's broken. We still spend 20s even if they're wadded up in a ball. That dollar bill, as smelly as it is, it's still a dollar bill. And that second seat, it is put in the ark and it is put under the mercy seat, but what happened to the broken pieces? I, I know there seems to be a lot of people that have it all together. I just want to talk. To, I know there seems to be a lot of people that, that they, they never fall and they never seem to be broken. And I, I know that in life I look around and I, I see people and I think, man, they've got it together. Man, they're getting it right. They've got it right. But what about the ones that can't keep it together? What about the ones that have failed in their dream after another one, after they fall down over and over? What happens to them when they're broken? I, I understand. I, I get it. I, I, sure, God, I understand. I understand that the ones that are whole and the ones that have it all together, they get to dwell in the ark and they get to go under the mercy seat and we get to take them into the presence of God and the very Shekinah is going to rest on them and then they're going to carry them and they're going to get to step foot in the Jordan. They're going to be the first ones that go through when it crosses and they're going to be the first ones that march around Jericho when the wall starts falling. God, I know that people that are whole get to do that. I know that the commandments that aren't broken broken get to do that God but what about us I know you can use them God but what about us 
I know you can use the ones that have it all together and they can witness the supernatural and they can have revival and they can have breakthrough. But what about the people that get broken? I wonder in myself, God, how is it that you're even using me? How is it that you're, you know, I understand the people that pray for 10 hours a day and they read through their Bible three times a year. I understand those people. They're in the ark. But what about the broken pieces? What about the ones that can't get it right? What about the ones that try and try and try, but they just keep failing? What about them? What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to them? Feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like God's telling somebody. God's trying to talk to you. What about the people? I want to be used of God. I want to experience it. But God, I'm broken. Why don't we pray right now? Come on, we need to lift our hands. Why don't we pray? Why don't we reach out to the Spirit of God? I'm talking to broken people. I'm a dying man speaking to dying people. I'm telling you I'm not perfect. I'm just wondering, God, what do you do with my brokenness? Oh, let's pray right now. (laughs) God, how do you do it? God, how do you handle my brokenness? How do you deal every day with my brokenness? God, how do you do? How do you do it? Bible, it is often taught and believed and widely accepted that that set of tables that Moses shoot out is put into the ark and we believe that. Could, could you put the picture of the ark up there for me? It's, I, I know it's there just to, yeah there you go. The tables are put into that ark. Just leave that up there for a minute if you would. But, but the Jews in the Talmud, they have a different teaching. The Jews, they have in their way of interpreting Scripture, they have a theory or a belief, if you will, that's different than us. The Jews believe, yes, that the second set of tables were put into the ark. But not until they gathered all the fragments of the first set. The teachings of the Jewish people are that they gathered up all of these broken pieces and they put them into the ark first. And they believe that they took the whole and they put it on top. They believe that not only was the whole put in the ark, but that the broken was also put into the ark. But when I read the scripture, if this is true, and I believe it is, if this is true, then then the Bible says there's only one man that was allowed to look into the ark. There was only one man that was allowed to touch the ark, and that was Moses. So what I've got to believe to be true is that not only did Moses had to you out another table, but Moses had to go pick up all the broken pieces. And Moses had to kneel down into that ark and he had to begin to put those pieces in there just right. 
one by one as he puts those pieces into the ark and he gets it just as good as he can get it. And I believe Moses picks up that clear table, the good one, the whole one, and he places it on top. And that's the last time he ever sees the broken. That's the last time he ever looks at the broken. That's the last time he ever has to peer at the broken. Even when he takes that lid off to put Aaron's rod in there, he never sees the broken. Even when he takes that lid off to put that pot of manna in there, he only sees the hole that is left. And when he puts that lid on, that's the mercy seat. And when he puts the lid on, he covers the broken and he covers the hole with mercy. Ha, ha, ha. And when the presence of God rests on top of that ark, it not only rests upon the whole, but it rests on the broken. And when they take it down to Jericho's walls, not only does the whole get to see a miracle, but the broken get to see a miracle. And when they walk it through the Jordan, not only do the whole get God, thank you. Thank you for taking care of the broken. Thank you, God, for worrying about the broken. Thank you, God. I wish we lift our hands and praise him. I might be broken, but I'm still valuable to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And it's the failure of the first Adam that is covered by the perfection of the second Adam. And when God looks at my brokenness, he's got to look through mercy and he's got to look through Jesus. I've come to minister to the ones that can't stop tripping over the broken pieces of your life. That can't stop worrying about broken dreams and broken hearts and broken desires. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Is you need to gather up the pieces of your broken yesterday. And you need to put them into the ark of God under mercy. And you need to let Jesus cover you. And once you do that, you'll never see the broken again. Even when the ark came into Bethlehem, the Bible says that they took the lid and they lifted up mercy and they tried to look into the ark. I don't know how far they got, but before they started to peer, the Lord, the Bible says that 56,000 men died because they tried to look into it. I'm telling you, when you take your brokenness and you slide it under the cross of Jesus and you put mercy on top of it, nobody can lift it up and look in. It doesn't matter. God said, I'm going to cover that and you're never going to see that brokenness again. I'm going to cover that and you're never going to see that loneliness again. I'm going to cover that and you will not have to worry about it. Let's pray right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I feel like God wants to renew some things right now. Somebody needs to put yesterday under the mercy seat. Let's lift our hands. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to put yesterday under the mercy seat. And you need to cover it with the blood of Jesus. You need to cover it with the blood of Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now and let's pray. I'm not going to be any longer. I've preached long enough. I'm telling you, God wants to do a great work at this altar right now. God wants to do a great work. God's going to cover some things right now for you. God, I am broken, and I don't think you can use me. I'll tell you what you need to do. You just need to say, God, take the brokenness. God, take the brokenness.
my mistakes and failures. They take the body of Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea begs for the body. It is bruised and it is broken. The second Adam has come and he's fulfilled the purpose of his life. And now they place his body in Joseph's tomb. They wrap him and they anoint him. Who came in to this world whole is now leaving broken. A body that is beaten, a body that the Bible says is unrecognizable. And they lay him on a stone table and they shut the door of the tomb. And somewhere in the darkness in those three days, something happened to that brokenness. <laughs> there began to be a change as the pieces began to be put back together during the transformation. <laughs> There's something that happens when you lay your brokenness on an altar. There's something that happens when you lay your brokenness on the mercy seat. Something that happens. The Bible says that in the morning, when the light comes, that the angel of the Lord rolls away the stone. The Bible records, John says it this way. He said that Mary, she stands outside the tomb and she is weeping. She is crying because she knows her son has been broken. The Bible says she stoops and she looks into the sepulcher. And when she looks into the sepulcher, the Bible says she sees one angel at his head, where his head was. And one angel where his feet was where his body had been. When they look in, they don't quite see the golden ark, but they see this. Could you put that picture up? They see one angel at his head, and they see one angel at his feet where they have laid the sacrifice of the mercy seat. And that broken body, once it gets on the mercy seat, not only does it cover your brokenness, but when it gets there, Something happens and it begins to be healed. And where there was once a broken body, he becomes whole again. He becomes whole again. I believe God wants to make somebody whole again. I believe God wants you to take your broken pieces and begin to mend them. I'm telling you, I felt such a presence. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? I felt such a presence of the Holy Ghost today when I was praying. God is in this place. There's, I haven't preached long, but there's something that's going to happen at this altar. And there's somebody that says, God, you, you can't use me. I'm too broken. God, you can't work in me. I'm too broken. And God is going to touch you. And God is going to renew you. And as I begin to pray... An old song come into my heart today. The song, the verses say, 
takes a life that's filled with sin, misery, and woe. He picks it up and washes it, makes it white as snow. He takes a heart that's falling apart, and he holds it in his hand, and he gently puts the pieces back together again. That's the way Jesus does it. That's the way Jesus does it. <laughs> he takes the broken pieces of your life. He takes them and he covers them with his goodness. In every life, he'll ask the rain to fall. He'll let you walk alone a while, but he'll listen for your call. He'll the herd. He'll wipe the tears. He'll dry away the blues. Move away the clouds. He'll let the sun come shining through. I, I wonder if there's anybody that would just let God heal your brokenness today. That would just let God begin to cover you with his, his goodness and his wholeness. And I, I can never be whole, but I could be covered by his wholeness. <laughs> I feel a drawing of the Holy Ghost right now. There's an altar that's open. I'm just talking to some people that are wondering, God, I'm so broken. How can you do it? I can do it. God, I'm so hurt. How can I can do it? I can do it. I can do it if you just let me take your broken pieces. I'm not talking to the whole today. I'm talking to the broken. And I'm asking some broken people if they come to an altar right now. I'm not going to beg you, but I'm telling you the Holy Ghost is here to heal. And men, if you've never repented of your sins, would you repent? If you've never been baptized, you could be baptized in the name of Jesus. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, it can happen tonight. God can renew you. God can restore you. God can begin to fix the brokenness and cover you with what's good. And cover you with what's good. God, I need you to cover me with your wholeness. Come on, I feel it right now. Feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to acknowledge you. Don't let this altar call slip by tonight. As they begin to sing, I'm going to ask you to come and really pour your heart out. Give God the brokenness of your life. Give God the things you don't want anybody to see. Let him put them in that ark of mercy. Let him cover it. Let him cover it. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.